guys welcome to this episode of review roundup and i'm dedicating a whole episode to samurai warriors 5 because wow i'm really impressed by it uh, before we get into it i just want to thank our sponsors jlist crunchyroll and japan crate also if you do want to support the show directly consider tipping us on coffee or by joining the patreon page in which for five pounds a month you get early access to all of our episodes, whether that's for Kunai, Umai, or Gout, as well as ad-free episodes. And finally, before we get into this, thanks to Koei Tecmo Europe for providing a code for this game. I do not know where to start with Samurai Warriors 5. I'm actually excited. We're going to do a lot of content around it, but I just wanted to give you guys my first impressions, and then we will do an episode with Jacob, hopefully in the future, to discuss more in depth about the game, what we thought about it, etc. As well as a special episode with Nathan from Koei Tecmo Europe, in which we're going to be talking about the game in depth. Samurai Warriors 5 is the latest entry into the Samurai Warriors series. The last time we'd seen a Samurai Warriors game, I would say would be Samurai Warriors 4-2, but in terms of mainline titles, it would have been Samurai Warriors 4, which was released in 2013. So it's a long time, almost 10 years. It's actually been eight years since Samurai Warriors 4 came out. And I must say, there's a lot of things in this game that are fantastic. I've been disappointed with a few Musou games in the past. You may have listened to our review roundup on the spin-offs and I really enjoyed those kind of games but I wasn't really happy with Dynasty Warriors 9 and I was excited for Samurai Warriors 5 from the announcement at the Nintendo Direct earlier in the year. This is just a beautiful game. It's hard for me to describe this and I know I'm going to be rambling on for this 15 minutes or how long this episode is going to be but it's astounding it's just great i haven't played a muso game like this in a long time and for me it reminded me of the muso games of old you know as soon as i booted it up i was like oh my god this game is basically my childhood i didn't grow up playing samurai warriors by the way my first samurai warriors game was samurai warriors katana on the nintendo wii and that was a very odd motion based game it was interesting but it wasn't the best i think my first mainline title was samurai warriors 4 but i really got into samurai warriors because of the warriors orochi series so yeah i'm glad that i got into it because if i didn't i would have missed out on this game and this is one of my favorite muso games of all time because booing it up for the first time as i was mentioning reminded me of dynasty warriors I'm not sure if you guys played the older Dynasty Warriors games, Dynasty Warriors 5, Dynasty Warriors 4, that sort of generation of Dynasty Warriors. It just reminds me of that a lot. The map design is very reminiscent of that. The maps aren't too big like in Dynasty Warriors 8 or in Dynasty Warriors 7, but at the same time, they're not as small as in Samurai Warriors 4. In Samurai Warriors 4, you had this issue in which the maps were so small because of hyper attacks and, and things like that. You didn't really need to use a horse to get anywhere. It was easy to get to objectives, things like that. And the game just felt incredibly easy. But when when playing Samurai Warriors 5, I've noticed that Koei bumped up the difficulty. And in fact, when you boot the game up for the first time, it recommends that you play the game on easy. And you know what? Me being me, having how many years, almost 20 something years of Muso experience, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to play it on easy. And I didn't. I played it on normal. And I was like, damn, this game is incredibly hard. There were moments in this game where I was getting on red life bar constantly, even from the start, because of the difficulty. And I love it. The game hands your ass to you. There is a level of challenge that reminded me of the older games Dynasty Warriors 4 particularly which is a very difficult game especially in the early stages if you don't have a proper setup and this game was basically like that when I had to face Yoshimoto Imagawa for the first time I was shocked 
obviously by the character designs, but also how difficult it was to defeat him. You had a, a system in which there was multiple health bars, a regen life system, things like that for, for the enemies. And these were systems that were introduced in previous games. Like I said, Dynasty Warriors 4, Dynasty Warriors 5. So it's nice to see those things return. And it makes me think that the new development team at Omega Force were fans of the older games. So the games that they didn't create, they were probably playing them as they were younger, as they were kids, and they brought that energy into Samurai Warriors 5, and it's paying off. There was a lot of things in terms of game mechanics that I didn't necessarily enjoy from previous games. I really liked Hyper Attacks, but I felt as though in Samurai Warriors 4, and even in, in the Warriors Orochi series, is that they can get overpowered very quickly. And the lovely thing about this game is that Hyper Attacks are there, and they serve as a secondary moveset in some cases. Because the map sizes, you can't really rely on Hyper Attacks to get around the map quickly you'd have to use your horses which is good and I think that's the intended purpose of the horse also you can't just go through every enemy type with a hyper attack you're gonna get stopped in Samurai Warriors 4 you could just go through the whole map just doing hyper attack it was getting incredibly boring doing that but in this game you have to face different enemy types there are some enemies that have shields which basically block hyper attacks as if you're fighting a boss or enemies that are preparing to shoot whether that's arrows or guns or you know enemies charging spears and whatnot so hyper attacks aren't as useful they are still quite powerful but they're not as useful and they're not as op which is good because you're relying on your ability in the game right you're relying on your personal skills how to deal with the situations yourself yes there is no dodge mechanic like in samurai warriors 4 in samurai warriors 4 there was a mechanic in which if you pressed x as you're doing a combo you can actually cancel the combo and do a dodge forward or dodge backward or side to side basically and it would take a part of your muso gauge they've removed that and i think that's a good thing because you really need to rely on muso in this game much like the um older dynasty warriors games muso doesn't regen which we haven't seen in a muso game for a while but there are skills that help muso regen ultimate skills as they call them which is basically something i believe that the, that came from dynasty warriors 9 it was a feature that was implemented in Dynasty Warriors 9 and in One Piece Pirate Warriors 4 in which you press R1 and then you press one of the face buttons to do a attack that you would whip in the menus pre-battle. It's pretty interesting because you can decide what you want according to your playstyle. If you want an attack boost, if you want a defense boost, if you want to regen Muso, if you want to do a special attack that's unique to that particular character, you can do all sorts of things and even within that if you're finding certain enemy types very difficult to fight against you can use that to help help you a little bit. Uh, there are specialized attacks for enemies with shields or enemies with spears and whatnot. And usually the, for my playstyle, what I tend to do is I always equip the attack because you're gonna need it with certain boss battles. Um, Muso regen and I do two unique abilities as well. In some cases, it really depends on the character. When the game was announced, a lot of people were complaining, oh, clone moveset, it's not that good. And what happened to all the characters? This game has a reduced number of playable characters, mind you. It's done for a reason, it's to get a more focused story because when you had all of these characters whether it was Dynasty Warriors or whether it was Samurai Warriors or even Warriors Orochi you find yourself not playing as the other characters and I didn't have that with this game and I was actually excited to play as all the characters and to unlock all of these characters when you have so much characters in a Musou game when you unlock them it seems 
meaningless. You don't really want to go and play them. You're like, oh, you know what? Forget about them. I'm going to do this or whatever. And, you know, when you unlock a character like Oichi or if you unlock Yasuke or someone like that, and it makes you feel like, oh my God, this is a new character I've never seen before. I'm going to play it or I'm going to have them as my partner in battle. And so I can experience their weapon type. The weapons have changed in this game. Some are inspired from other Musou games. Some are inspired from Samurai Warriors, but they all have new movesets. Yes, these movesets are cloned between characters and in fact any character can select a weapon they just have to increase their weapon efficiency so for example if Nobunaga's main weapon in this game is the long sword but later on in the story he basically gets a second preferred weapon which is the katana and it happens with a few characters I think the only characters that have two preferred weapons Mitsuhide and Nobunaga obviously because they are the main characters in this game but that doesn't mean you can't select other weapons with them for example if you wanted to equip the gloves for Nobunaga you could do that or if you wanted to have Mitsuhide using the drum the taiko drum you could do that as well and I thought that was quite hilarious there's certain weapons that seem funny at first but then when you see them in the context of the game it makes a lot of sense like for example Hanbei Hanbei yeah I get confused between Hanbei and Kanbei but Hanbei uses the drum and I was like oh why is Hanbei using a drum doesn't make much sense but the moveset is quite intuitive and it does remind me of his yo-yo that you would see in previous games right it was pretty cool. I liked stuff like that. And even within those types of weapons, the movesets vary between characters. So for example, similar to Dynasty Warriors EX attacks, the base moveset is the same, no matter what weapon or character you use. But then they have individual attacks that are different, similar to EX attacks in Dynasty Warriors, but also once again, does remind me of Dynasty Warriors 4 or Dynasty Warriors 5, in which multiple characters had clone movesets, but they would have a level of uniqueness to that moveset to kind of differentiate them between the other characters and that's what you see here that's why I keep on saying that it reminds me a lot of Dynasty Warriors 5 and it's not a bad thing it's actually a very welcome thing in Musou it's actually put a change to the game and like I said I'm a big fan of this idea of reduced roster size because you get to enjoy characters a lot more you get to form bonds with these characters and whatnot and actual relationships with these characters which is great we're just going to go on a little bit of an ad break when we return we're going to talk a bit more about the Citadel mode and things like that so stick around for the second half of the review roundup where we're talking about Samurai Warriors 5. See you in a bit. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the wonderful people at JList. JList brings you the latest anime and otaku goods from Japan directly. Well, that's anime, manga, cosplay, import game, visual novels. JList has got you covered. Learn more at getlifepodcast.com forward slash JList. And remember to use our link and the code GALP for 5% off on all purchases on JList. That's including pre-orders. Remember, getlifepodcast.com forward slash JList. Thank you very much, JList for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the podcast. You're like, oh my God, Bish, what are you talking about? Well, basically we started off a Patreon page and a coffee page. So go to patreon.com forward slash getlifepodcast and pledge five pounds a month, not including VAT. You get early access on all of our Galp content. That's Kunai, Galp and Umai. Although we won't be able to do it for review roundups because of embargoes and stuff. And also you get ad-free content on all the episodes. So if you're listening to to this obviously you're not subscribed on patreon please do and if you're thinking oh well bish i really want to support the podcast but i can't you know do monthly payments or whatever then maybe consider supporting us on coffee as well so that is ko-fi.com 
forward slash get alive podcast and consider giving us a tip buying us a coffee if you will and hopefully that will help us to grow the podcast it will help us to do this full time because ultimately that's really what we want to do i'm being honest with you guys when you support us directly through patreon or coffee it really does help us out a lot and i do appreciate it so thank you hopefully you might consider that is patreon.com forward slash get life podcast or ko-fi.com forward slash get a life podcast thank you and back onto the episode And we are back. Speaking of relationships and bonds, there is a new mode in this game called the Citadel mode, which is effectively like a tower defense mode mixed in with Musou. You may have seen these sort of modes appear in previous games in Warriors Orochi. I would say it's similar to Warriors Orochi's Musou Battlefields slash the Samurai Warriors 4-2 Castle mode, which was basically just going through these infinite levels. But these have specific tasks to do. It's not like procedurally generate. It's good to a certain point, but it tends to be very very similar like it's basically a challenge mode like protect the base and whatnot there isn't really anything different the maps are different the maps tend to be a lot smaller it tends to be more difficult sometimes depending on which mode you're doing because sometimes the base that you're protecting the doors are wide open or there'll be multiple entry points and you're preventing the enemies from taking that base down the main reason to play this mode is to just get materials that you need to upgrade your castle which is acts as your main menu like it has your shop your blacksmith dojo and the stables so by completing the citadel mode missions you get resources that help you upgrade your castle and whatnot kind of like ambition mode in dynasty warriors 8 if that makes any sense but obviously it takes away the whole walking around pseudo open world system which i think is good as well like i said even the menus themselves remind me of the old school dynasty warriors 5 game because it was just like no frill was basically no frills but it was good because it got you where you needed to be yes muso mode returns in official capacity it's not known as story mode anymore which is good it's nice to see muso mode returning free mode also returns but it does it in, in a quite an interesting way so you have your linear story and at one point you get access to mitsuhide's story which is basically starts off mirroring nobunaga's story and then it changes across in a path but even within nobunaga's story and mitsuhide's story you get the option to do side missions as well in which you kind of get to experience other characters that you may not have played as or you get to see a glimpses into Ieyasu's story or Hideyoshi's story and obviously it kind of gives you a little bit more backstory into what's going on with the battle especially in the later game in which you're fighting at Honoji or whatever the side missions basically focus on what Hideyoshi was doing at that time what battle was he fighting and what battle was Ieyasu fighting as well which is good it's nice to see those contrasting stories and it doesn't take away from Nobunaga's overall story kind of gives you a little bit of backstory without taking the spotlight away from Nobunaga or Mitsuhide which is always good. I will say this there are some things in the story that doesn't make much sense and I don't want to get into spoilers because I don't think I can but the game isn't historically accurate and you may be thinking well Bish Samurai Warriors and Dynasty Warriors was never really intended to be historically accurate and yeah that is true but sometimes I find myself noticing that there are characters that aren't supposed to be there in that particular point in history or they're not supposed to do that particular 
particular event or they weren't in that particular battle. Once again, does remind me of old school Dynasty Warriors 4 and 5 where you'd have like Cao Cao in the Battle of Wuzhang Plains or you'd have Sun Jian in the Battle of Chobi and he probably would have been dead at that point. So it's stuff like that kind of appear in this game and I understand why they did it. It's probably to make the story flow better and you understand certain motives behind Nobunaga's thinking or Mitsuhide's thinking as well and you, you kind of understand the characters a bit more and I feel that it was made as a decision but part of me thinks knowing the Japanese history reading up on it learning about it because this is something that I kind of learned at university as well reading it and then playing it you get a bit confused you're like well that didn't happen in history and it puts you off a little bit but the game brings you back in with its interesting storyline and the way characters deal with each other and stuff like that because you don't really get to see that's another thing that I love about this game when you read a lot of history books or even if you watch a lot of documentaries you don't get to see how these characters interact with each other and in most cases Koei are going to have to take some creative liberties in making these relationships work especially with Nobunaga and Kicho or Ieyasu and Sena his wife so there is a lot of things that aren't necessarily known and Koei has to fill in the gaps and I think in those cases they've done a great job and it made me really connect with these characters a lot more especially characters that I never really used to like in the previous games like Ieyasu I used to hate Ieyasu in in previous games because his weapon was always really clunky it was that weird lance cannonball thing and his character design wasn't appealing and in this game you see a different style of Ieyasu right he's not this grumpy shogun you know he's younger he's learning you get to see him progress through this game you get to see how his actions change how his thoughts and feelings change as well and also how he treats other people and how he respects other people you also see it with Takarasu Honda as well he's very bubbly and upbeat and in previous Samurai Warriors games he's like mm. you know what I mean he's very I wouldn't say aggressive but he's like very stern and it's nice to see that contrast because part of me thinks that this is how they would have been especially someone like Ieyasu when he was younger he was probably a little bit naive didn't know what he was doing he refers to Nobunaga as brother because he respects Nobunaga and you get to see that and I don't think you really got to see that in previous games because the story was just so long in the sense that you didn't really get to focus more on a particular storyline it was like Nobunaga's story is like five missions in like previous games right and in this game it's a ton of missions there's six chapters for Nobunaga's story and maybe like five missions in each chapter and side missions as well maybe two or three side missions in each chapter so the story I think is well structured you get to learn more about the characters and I mentioned briefly character design in this game is beautiful I love the new design it feels like calligraphy in the sense it looks like someone actually went in with a brush a calligraphy brush and done outlines for these characters and it's beautiful kind of like a, a woodblock print the way that the outlines just pop and it's, it's beautiful I like that and I want to see it moving forward in future Samurai Warriors games I just also like the fact that everyone's young and there's no character that just looks out of place everyone looks young well not everyone looks young I'd have to say that there are some characters that look a bit older because they are older and they kind of serve as advisors uh, characters like Hanzo Hattori for example he's got that sort of daddy look to him if that makes sense which is pretty cool but you also see that with a, a bunch of other characters you see them a lot more younger youthful energized if that makes sense and then towards the end of the game you get to see the mature versions of Mitsuhide and Nobunaga and you get to see the contrast their voices change slightly as well their weapons change and their attitudes change because they've seen some things and obviously the battles that they've gone through and, and all this kind of stuff and it's good big fan of the new character designs and I'm a big fan of the fact that they reduced the number of characters I will say this there are some characters that I feel didn't need to be added to the roster like Nobuyuki Oda looks like a generic NPC or like a uh, create a warrior NPC from Empire's games and stuff like that it's the same with a lot of 
the Saito clan as well, I have no reason to really play as them because they, they don't seem as remarkable as, you know, your main characters like Nobunaga and things like this. And their character designs are pretty basic. I would have wished that they would have cut those characters out or maybe included them as unique NPCs like in previous games because I have no interest in playing as Nobuyuki, especially because Nobuyuki isn't there for most of the game. So I have no interest in playing as Nobuyuki. So there's really no point in putting Nobuyuki in there. Uh, that being said, we're just going to go on a little bit of ad break. Remember, if you are subbed on Patreon, you're not going to listen to this ad break and we're going to go straight back into the review. So we will see you on the other side if you're listening to the ad break. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Crunchyroll. Go and check them out at getlifepodcast.com forward slash Crunchyroll for a 14-day free trial of Crunchyroll premium service. That means anime without ads, 1080p HD. You can watch it on all your favorite devices, your TVs, your phones, whatever. Even if you want to watch it on your Chromecast, you can as well. That's amazing. Go and check them out. 14-day free trial. You've got the most diverse collection of anime and manga on the internet. So go and check them out. It's a no-brainer, lads. Getlifepodcast.com forward slash Crunchyroll. Thank you, Crunchyroll, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by the lovely people at Japan Crate. Japan Crate offers a unique experience of Japan through monthly crates filled with candy. And who doesn't love candy, right? Japan Crate brings you a delicious selection of snacks every month. You can check it out on our YouTube channel. Learn more at getlifepodcast.com forward slash Japan Crate. Remember, use the code GALP for $3 off on new subscriptions. So getlifepodcast.com forward slash Japan Crate. Use the code GALP for $3 off. And if you want to check out what snacks that you get in the crates, go and check out our YouTube channels. Links will be in the description. So go and check them out. Thank you, Japan Crate, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Okay, we are back and I don't know, there's not much for me to say, like I just love this game and I think I'm going to get more into it with Jacob, but I think for me, this is a game that's going to stand the test of time. I'm hoping Koei uses this game as a basis moving forward. I will have to say this, when playing the game, I kind of had a feeling that either we're going to get DLC with more story beyond Onoji, or we were going to get completely separate games for Hideyoshi and Ieyasu. And I think probably we're going to see like a Samurai Warriors 5-2 or Samurai Warriors 6 in which we cover Ieyasu and Hideyoshi in one game similar to this. And I like to see that. I think that would be cool. I did check the DLC and the season pass content and it seems quite interesting, but at the same time, it feels as though it's like what if missions, if that makes sense, or more fun missions than not anything that has, you know, prevalence to the story, if that makes sense, which is a bit disappointing. I would have liked to have seen more historical missions in the game, but these fun missions are always great to see because then you get to see more of the characters that you don't really get to see much of in the game and whatnot, which is cool. I will say this though, I really want to see Koei use this as the basis for future Warriors games, not just Samurai Warriors, but I want to see Dynasty Warriors made in the same way like this and this is a conversation that we're going to have in the episode with Jacob I just want to see that I think that's really beneficial to the series I did like the fact that they reduced the roster I don't know how it's going to work for Dynasty Warriors but I think that is something for Koei and Omega Force to find out and I'm really just happy with the amount of effort that was put into this game is it the perfect Musou game no because no game is perfect but at the same time I think it is very close to perfect it can be grindy at times especially with the Citadel having to go back and forth doing those missions and there are 
are certain things with the blacksmith that I don't necessarily enjoy. I haven't figured out how to properly get the most out of the blacksmith. Having to upgrade and waiting for castle upgrades in the game, basically having to progress through both stories to actually get to a point where you can do meaningful things, craft new weapons, etc. I was expecting a weapon crafting system similar to Warriors Orochi in which you can fill in blank spots into new weapons and assign anything you want. Maybe you can do that, but I haven't figured out how to. I know you can fill in blank spots with, you know, gems and things like that that you get, like attack up, you know, Muso Plus, which basically strengthens the Muso and things like that. Like that's very Warriors Orochi and that's pretty cool, but I didn't really see the need to do that. A lot of the time I was just recycling weapons for gold, selling weapons, basically getting back the orbs and things like that and just selling, selling, selling. Because gold in this game is, is such a commodity. Sometimes I find it's very difficult to get until the later game, which makes sense. But there's certain things I don't necessarily like the fact that you can if you have enough gold you can basically buy weapon mastery you know totems and things like that that basically allow you to level up your proficiency in weapons they should just allow you to do that to begin with i don't see the need to buy those totems the same with skill points why do you need to buy skill points that's something i don't understand i think it should have been done in which you gain more skill points per character similar to warriors orochi right you gain skill points per character as you level up that character as opposed to skill points being shared across all different characters and the ability to buy skill points so that you can basically get all these characters leveled up as quickly as possible gain a lot more skills and stuff like that i understand the reason why they do that it's so that you can jump into any character especially because the muso mode may give you characters that you've never played as before you're not always going to be playing as nobunaga you might get a mission in which you play as kanbei and hanbei and if you haven't leveled them up or if you've never played them before yes i do understand why they included that and the benefit towards that that makes sense but i just don't like the skill tree itself is pretty similar across all characters there isn't much that is unique which is quite disappointing to be honest with you like it's very basic things like health plus 15 things like that on occasion you do get unique skills for that character which is nice but i would like to see certain attributes added to the character as well like added proficiency in a weapon or adding a unique moveset to a particular weapon i would have liked to see more with the skill tree it's quite easy to complete especially if you buy skill points i would have liked to see a little bit more of a challenge yes with mitsuhide and with nobunaga when you get their older versions there is a extra skill once you complete the skill tree that is basically a unique skill um but it's not that useful anyway to be honest with you it's just one skill i would have liked to see more with the skill tree although i do like how it's structured it's a nice feature to have them shaped as the mon or the family crest of that particular character which is nice I, I like these little touches in the ui design and things like that and i think it, it's good overall i do think that koei's done a cracking job on this game and i'm looking forward to the future and yeah i think it's a good game before i end this there is another thing that i would say that i have a little bit of a gripe with and that's the fact that there isn't much in terms of customization of characters what do i mean by that i mean like the ability to change costumes i would have liked to have seen different costumes in the game i do understand that technically the game does separate characters like nobunaga uh, into two so you have younger nobunaga and older nobunaga they don't really need to do that as a costume change because their movesets are slightly different depending on what weapons you use uh, their elemental attacks are different etc so technically it's the same character and they have the same progression it's just their moveset is slightly different but i would have liked to see more costumes that aren't dlc because it would be nice to to see them put in the old costumes i do know if you pre-order the game 
you do get some costumes for Nobunaga and Mitsuhide, but I would have liked to see old school costumes for Kicho and Poshimeda, maybe Ieyasu. I think it might be hilarious just to see Ieyasu wearing his old costume in the game. I think that would be really funny to see that. But yeah, I would like to see more of that in terms of DLC. I'm not too impressed with the DLC offering for this game just because it's just, oh, new weapons and new horses. That's pretty much standard. It's kind of cosmetic at some points. Yes, there is more missions in this DLC in the season pass, but I really wanted to see more costumes. I don't know why, but in Musou games recently, we're just, we're not seeing as many costumes. Yes, the character models are changing. So, you know, it might be a bit more work to introduce old costumes. I get that, but maybe give us some more originals more original costumes maybe some fun costumes maybe more traditional military costumes for the sengoku era maybe hideyoshi wearing his classic helmet stuff like that i think i would have liked seeing that and possibly dlc characters i mean there are some characters that are included that i think should have been in the game like i mentioned i didn't want to see nobuyuki there because it's just like why is nobuyuki in the game he's only in like a couple of missions he should have just been a unique npc when we could have got a character like natori e for example you know head of the the e clan that would have made sense i think that would have made sense especially the fact that her and senna are related through the imagawa family that would have been a huge thing especially because there are other e family members and some family retainers in the game as npcs and i would have loved to have seen more female characters like notora e would have been great to see oh that rhymed that was quite nice actually but yeah it would have been nice to see that it also would have been nice to see more of yasuke i think yasuke is a great character but i feel as though he doesn't get as much time in the game just because he's only in the last chapter there about pretty overpowered character love him as a character reminds me a lot of Dian Wei yeah it would have been nice to see more of Yasuke it would have been nice to see more of Yasuke after as well uh, because there are some battles that occur after Honoji anyway that being said that was a whole episode dedicated to the review of this game I want to end it by saying this if you are a fan of Musou games even if you just play Dynasty Warriors play this game even if you don't like Samurai Warriors even if you don't like Sengoku era, play this game. You're not going to regret it because this is a game that's basically the Musou games of old. It's God level Musou game. You owe it to yourself to play this game. Music's fantastic. New character models, new characters, new weapons. New take on a classic story filled with ups and downs, twists and turns. Play this game. Go and buy it right now. The game is already out. It's on the PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, PC, Xbox One. It's also backwards compatible if you are playing on the PlayStation 5 or the Xbox Series X. It runs beautifully on the PlayStation 5, by the way. I have been playing it on the PlayStation 5. Works really well with the DualSense controller. I don't know if it is necessarily fully compatible with it, but I love that. And the load times when you're playing on the PS5 is pretty quick. It's fantastic. I haven't seen a Musou game run so smoothly before, period. Buy the game, it's out now. You're not gonna regret it at all. And stick around for the episode that we're gonna be doing with Jacob, the more in-depth episode where we're gonna be talking about our favorite missions, our favorite characters, what we thought about the story and how do we see Koei take this forward for a franchise and possibly introduce it into Dynasty Warriors. In addition to that, we are gonna be doing an episode with Nathan from Koei Tecmo Europe in which we talk in further detail about samurai warriors and how awesome the game is so yeah hope you guys enjoyed this episode i really enjoyed making it and i really enjoyed samurai warriors 5 bye bye